Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom, my dear brothers and sisters. God bless you. We are continuing together with the study of the book of 1 Corinthians, the letter that the Apostle Shaul Paul wrote to the saints at Corinth. The believers at Corinth, of course, had many, many problems as we have listed them already. And we can list them again, but just to understand that in this second chapter of 1 Corinthians, Paul continues to instruct the Corinthians and help them to understand the importance of the gospel message and the importance of the fact that they needed to realize the basis, the foundation of the gospel message. Three points that the Apostle Paul emphasized. Number one, that the gospel is really centers. It is focused and is centered upon the finished work of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. This he does in the first five verses. Then secondly, in verses 6 to 9, Shaul Paul telling and sharing with the Corinthians who were troubled and had many, many issues among themselves, that the gospel is really a plan that God, the Father, had already planned in eternity past. It has nothing to do with any work of men or any thoughts of the human race. It's all planned by God in eternity past for mankind. And of course, thirdly, the foundation of the gospel is a revelation that God, the Holy Spirit, is revealing to mankind. Men by nature will never know God. Men by nature will never seek for God. Men by nature know no God. He doesn't know God. He doesn't seek after God. It is God, by His Spirit, is reaching up to us human being and saved us by His grace. Let me read, beloved brothers and sisters, the whole second chapter of 1 Corinthians. And so we read. Shaul Paul continues from chapter 1, and he said in chapter 2, verse 1, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech, of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith 
should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect or mature, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the of the prince of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in mystery, even the hidden wisdom of God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of men the things which God had prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which men's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But a natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judge of no man, for who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ, the mind of Mashiach. And I will stop here, beloved brothers and sisters. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 to 16. Well, beloved brothers and sisters, as we are meditating on this most important letter that Shaul Paul wrote to the Corinthians, we have already covered the initial verses of all the first chapter. We have already have emphasized earlier, beloved brothers and sisters, that the Corinthians... Though they were saints, they were redeemed, they were part of the assembly, the ecclesia, the called out one, yet they had many, many, many issues, many problems. And why? Because they acted and lived still in the flesh, even though they were born again, born from above, having the uh, divine nature, yet they were not walking in the spirit because they walked in the flesh and they were fulfilling the last of the flesh. And therefore, Paul writes this whole letter to correct the Corinthians. Of them we learn that in chapter 1 to chapter 4, they had error regarding divisions. 
In chapter 5 and chapter 6, they had problems with immoral life. In chapter 7, they had problems with marriage. In chapter 8 to 10, they had problems concerning the liberty of the believer. In chapter 11, they had issues concerning the Lord's table. In chapter 12, all the way to the end of chapter 14, they had issues and problems regarding spiritual gifts. And in chapter 15, the whole chapter, they had issues concerning the truth of the resurrection. And even in chapter 16, they had the problems and conflicts and error concerning the support, the gift, the giving to the Lord's work. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, as the apostle Shaul Paul continues on, dealing with the issues of division, the things that brought division among the, the Corinthian believers, in this second chapter, Shaul Paul specifically is dealing with the importance to understand the basis, the foundations of the message of the gospel. Let me remind you that the gospel, in Hebrew, the Besorah, the good news, the glad tidings, is simply presented for us, and later on he will present it in chapter 15, when Shaul Paul will say, Moreover, brethren, 1 Corinthians 15, 1, 2, and uh, 3 and 4, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. If ye keep on memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that the Messiah, Christ, died for our sins according to the Scripture. Verse 4, And that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures. You see, everything that we read in the Gospel was based upon the Hebrew Scriptures, which God had given years ago with the promises that the Messiah will come and he will die, will be buried and rise again for the justification of whosoever that will believe on him. And so everything that Paul preached was based upon that which was given in the Hebrew scriptures concerning the news that the Messiah, that Christ has come exactly as it was foretold in days of old. Of course, the church age now in which we live in was a mystery that was hidden God, and yet salvation and the gospel is still based upon the promises that are written in the Word of God. And so now in chapter 2, Paul moves along and he continued to show the Corinthians who by the time that Paul left them, very easily they've entered into man's opinion, philosophy, all sort of views that brought about divisions among them. That's why in chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, and chapter 4, Paul is dealing with the divisions that the Corinthians have experienced because of their human opinion and rather than to simply base their belief and their walk with the Lord on the basis of the gospel, of the good news, of the grace of God. And so you notice that Paul 
is now presenting these three foundations upon which the gospel message is standing and provided. The central person is the Son, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. The plan was entirely from God the Father in eternity past. And the power and the revelation is by the Holy Spirit of God. Not by man, not of man. No one had to do anything to be saved and to receive salvation and forgiveness. It was entirely a plan of God the Son, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit. All the three persons of the Godhead were involved in the provision of the grace, the gospel, the good news, the glad tidings for sinners like you and I. We have done nothing except brought our sins into the table and God provided the Mashiach, the Messiah, Christ, His Son. And our sins were washed away the moment we have accepted Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. And so notice the first five verses, Paul is showing to the Corinthians the basis, the central figure of the message of the gospel, of the unmerited favor of God for you and I, for the human race. In verses 1 and 2, Paul reminded the Corinthians the way he approached them when he came to them to Corinth to share with them that message of the gospel. He said, in I, in other words, in light of what I've already told you in the previous chapter, that everything will be for the glory of the Lord. You remember in verse 17 of chapter 1, Paul said, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. In other words, I didn't come to you with any human wisdom. I did not come to you except simply presenting the gospel, the good news, the glad tidings that you are sinners and there is a Savior that to save you from sins. Because I didn't want that the cross of Christ, that the death of the Mashiach, where he died on a shameful Roman cross and paid for the sin of this world, I didn't come to give you any human opinion, lest the death of the Messiah, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Messiah should be made of none effect. So he said, And I, brethren, verse 1 of chapter 2, when I came unto you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Yeshua HaMashiach and Him crucified. That's all He's saying to the Corinthians. I came not to you with excellency of speech. I didn't come to you with some kind of a an excellency of speech, you see, we don't realize that God is not looking for some kind of excellency of speech. He wants us to simply present the message of the love of God, of the grace of God, of the goodness of God, of the unmerited favor of God upon man. And so he didn't come, Shaul Paul saying to the Corinthians, with some kind of excellency of speech or of wisdom, human wisdom. You see, human wisdom is philosophy, philosophia, where everyone has his opinion. You remember 
to the Colossians, the Apostle Paul gave them this warning in chapter 2, and he says, Beware, lest any man should spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after the Mashiach, after Christ, after Christus, Messiah. In other words, be careful lest anyone will spoil you. But apparently, the Corinthians were already spoiled because the division came about because there was a mixture of the gospel message with human opinion, with philosophy, with man's opinion. And Paul reminded them, he says, Look, when I came to you, brethren, notice he calls them brethren, achim, they were brethren because they were believers in Yeshua, the Messiah, and therefore they were brethren, they were believers. But he reminded them, listen, I didn't come to you with some sort of excellency of speech or of wisdom. I came to you in a simple way. Notice he says, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect in chapter 1 and verse 17. So in verse 2, Paul said, I determined only to know Yeshua the Messiah and Him crucified. Notice that. For I determined not to know anything among you. I don't need to know your opinion. I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah, the person of the Messiah, and Him crucified. His person, Yeshua HaMashiach, and His work. He was crucified. He laid down His life on the tree. And to remind you that we read, beloved brothers and sisters, for I lay down my life on my sheep. Verse 17 of John chapter 10 again, Therefore does my Father love me, because I lay down my life that I might take it again. Verse 18, No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father from my Abba. And therefore, beloved brothers and sisters, Shaul Paul, when he came to Corinth, he didn't want to know anything among the Corinthians except Yeshua HaMashiach and him crucified. His person, he is God the Son who became a man. You shall call his name Yeshua, Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sin, and him crucified. The purpose, for he shall save. How did he save? He died on a shameful cross, on a shameful tree. In chapter 6 of the book of Galatians, in verse 14, Shaul Paul said, But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord Yeshua the Messiah, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. And so when he came to Corinth, he didn't want to know anything except the fact that he wanted only to know, to know Jesus the Messiah and him crucified. He continued in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verses 3 and 4 to remind the Corinthians of the attitude, not only of the approach, the way he came, but it's the attitude. You see, Paul, Shaul Paul had a godly attitude. 
It is so important, beloved brothers and sisters, to have a godly attitude. You see, after all, it is the work of the Messiah, the works of, of the Lord Jesus, and we need to honor him. And you notice he had a godly attitude in his presentation of the gospel. And so we read in verses 3 and 4, he says, notice, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Verse 4, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. You see, Paul says in verse 3, I was with you in weakness, fear, and trembling. The Hebrew word is chulsha, yira, and chalchala. In other words, he was so much coming in humility, weakness, and the fear, and much, as he says here, much trembling. It just shows us how he was so humble before the Lord in the presentation of the gospel message. In the Greek here, asthenia, weakness, phobos, fear. And then a uh, tromos, a uh, trembling. In Hebrew, it is chulsha, yira, chalchala. It just shows a person that is coming in fear and trembling because he knows that it is the work of God and it is the indeed the, the, the Messiah, God the Son, as men suffered and died for the sake of this world and therefore he does not come in any human ability and any pride because the gospel ought to cause us to be humbled before the Lord. He continues in verse 4, and he says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom. That's where we get the word philosophia, philosophy. Colossians 2 and verse 8. No, he says it was not with some enticing words of men's wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power. In other words, it is the Spirit of God that led him to minister the Word of God. You see, beloved brothers and sisters, it is so important to realize that salvation is so serious that we cannot make someone saved, redeemed. It must be a work of the Spirit of God. We cannot even expect from someone to come to know the Lord because of our words. No, it is the Spirit of God who, using any message that's being proclaimed to convict the heart of a person to turn to the Lord. That's what Paul is saying here in these verses, verses 3 and 4. Not words of wisdom, not human opinion and ingenuity, but it was entirely the words that came from the Lord and simply presenting the message of the gospel. In the second epistle that he wrote to the Corinthians in chapter 3 and verse 5, Paul said, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5. And how true it is, beloved brothers and sisters, when we have the privilege to present the message of the gospel, we should learn from 
our master, Yeshua the Messiah, but to learn from his servants like Shaul Paul, to simply present the message of the grace of God without any speech or words of men's wisdom, but with the demonstration of the Spirit and of power that come from the Holy Spirit of God. To come in weakness and fear, this is the fear of the Lord, to come with trembling, to have the speech that is honoring to the Lord in order to share the message of the gospel. So Paul, as he continued to present that the central person of the message of the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus the Messiah. That's the central message of the gospel. He died according to the scriptures. He was buried and rose again according to the scriptures. That Christ, the Mashiach, the Messiah, that Jesus the Messiah, died, was buried, and rose again. He is the central person of the message of the gospel. And so in verse 5, Paul continues and he says to the Corinthians, he reminded them that his aim, that his purpose was in order to lead them to the Lord, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And so you notice these beloved brothers and sisters in the first five verses of First Corinthians chapter 2, Shaul Paul present the fact that the central person and work of the gospel is none else but the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. But he doesn't stop here because he is writing to a divided local assembly at Corinth that each one of them had different philosophy, human opinion, and the division was among them. They have said, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I am of Cephas, and I am of Christ. They had all sort of division among themselves, and that they were called by the gospel, and that they ought to have a change in their behavior. So now that he have presented before the Corinthians that the gospel is the center of the message of the death and burial and resurrection of Christ. This is the gospel. Now he continues in verses 6, 7, 8, and 9 to write to the Corinthians that the gospel, the grace of God extended to mankind, extended to them, is entirely in God's plan. There was nothing that they could do and had done on their own, it was in the plan of God already in eternity past. So notice that in verses 6, 7, 8, and 9, we read, first of all, in verse 6, that God in His wisdom was the one that revealed to them the gospel. Notice that verse 6, however, howbeit, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, or correctly to say mature. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the prince of this world, that cometh to naught. You see, the prince of this world is none else but Satan himself. 
He is called, according to Ephesians, he is called the prince of the power of the air. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we read of about Satan. It says here, But if the gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the mind of them which believe not. This God with a small g is Satan, the God of this world. You see, the Apostle Paul is telling the Corinthians that the, the God in his wisdom is the one that revealed to them the gospel. It was not revealed to them by men. It was not revealed to them by Satan. He is calling here in verse 6. He saying, However we speak wisdom among them that are mature, yet not the wisdom of this world. This is the unregenerated world. And not of the prince of this world that came to naught. Satan was defeated when the Messiah died. And he is called here, you notice that, he is called the prince of this world. Why? Because this prince of this world, Satan, he influenced so many. He is called the God of this world. The whole world, the unregenerated, unbelieving world, follow after him. He became the God, small g, of this world. It is fascinating to see this, beloved brothers and sisters. And so, as we read these verses, we see how Satan is the one that is influencing the world. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, we read, And you, verse 1, has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Ephesians 1, verses 1 and 2. So notice that in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 6, it is God in his wisdom that the one that revealed to the Corinthians this message of the unmerited favor, the message of the gospel to the Corinthians. That's why Paul said in verse 6 of our chapter, However, we speak wisdom among them that are mature, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the prince of this world which come to naught. You see, both. This world and the, its prince, this is the Satan himself, will eventually come to naught, my dear brothers and sisters and dear friends. Satan has been defeated at the cross. The world will come to be judged in a day when God have appointed to judge this world in righteousness. And therefore, Paul said, when we came to you, we didn't speak anything satanic, demonic, or anything World, human opinion, philosophy, no. He says to them, it was God, it is the wisdom of God, God the Father, that we spoke unto you, and he revealed this to you. In verse 7, the Apostle Paul continued, but we speak the wisdom of God. Notice, in mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Now notice this word, he used the word mystery. But we speak the wisdom of God in mystery. 
This is a very interesting word. In the Greek, it is mysterion. In the Hebrew, the word is sod. And it is interesting because that word is mentioned quite a few times in the New Covenant, in the New Testament. And mysterion, M-Y-S-T-E-R-I-O-N, in the Greek and in Hebrew, it is sod. Now we learn that this mystery, it is the hidden wisdom which God ordained, notice that, before the world unto our glory. You see, this mystery, very important to understand, the mystery of the church, that the church age was a mystery that was hid in God and was only revealed to the apostles and the prophets in these days. And so it is important to understand. Let me read you a verse or two in Ephesians. Very important verses to read in chapter 3. And I would read verse 3. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, the sod in Hebrew, the mysterion in Greek, as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of the Messiah, the mysterion, the sword, the sod hamashiach, the, the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. This is Ephesians chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. He continued in verse 9 of Ephesians chapter 3, and there he said, And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, by Yeshua the Messiah. This is important, beloved brothers, to understand. Dear brothers and sisters, that this mystery was not revealed to the sons of men in days of old, but only was revealed to the apostles and the prophets of the New Covenant, New Testament, Brit Chadashah. And that is that the Gentiles and the Jews will be united into one body, and that they will form the body of Christ, the heavenly company, the church, the ecclesia, and that while Israel at the first coming did not accept the Messiah, and Israel is awaiting the return of the Messiah Jesus in the second coming and be restored in the future day and receive the many blessings that God had promised to his earthly people of Israel, and he will fulfill them to the letter, uh, providing a messianic kingdom where the Lord Jesus the Messiah will rule and reign for a thousand years over this world from the city of Jerusalem, and using Israel to be a blessing to the Gentile world. But he's speaking now about the mystery of this age of the gospel in which Jew and Gentiles are united together on the basis of the finished work of the Messiah. This mystery was, and I'm reading back in in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 7, we speak the wisdom of God in mystery, even the hidden wisdom. It is hid from the unbelievers, but it is revealed to you, Corinthians, Paul is saying, to me and to us all who are believers. It is hidden This wisdom is hidden from the unregenerated one, 
but it is revealed to believers. It's notice that in verse 7b, which God ordained before the world, before the ages, in eternity past, unto our glory, you and I, the believers, the Corinthians, are blessed to be part of this mystery that is now revealed in a person and a work of our Lord Jesus the Messiah, the plan of God the Father in eternity past. So Paul is so overwhelmed when he is sharing this with the Corinthian believers. But how notice that? He continued, and in verse 8, Paul said, God's wisdom is hidden from the unbelieving world. Notice that it says here, But none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known, they would have crucified the Lord of glory. Now it is interesting. When you read this verse 8, initially you think that if the world knew that the Lord Jesus the Messiah is God the Son who loved them so much, and that He wanted them to be saved and redeemed, you would think that they will notice it says here, but had the world known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So when you read it, they would say they would have not killed Him. The princes of this world would have not crucified the Lord of glory, Paul is mentioning here. But the question immediately we, we learn from this, why would they not have crucified the Lord of glory if they have known who He is? And if they have known the plan of God to redeem mankind, and that it is necessary for the Messiah to die, and to be buried and to rise again for our sins. You see, initially it, th- it looks like it's appeared as if if they knew who God is and what God's plan is, they would have not killed the Lord of glory. They would be so good that they would not want Him to die. But you see, beloved brothers and sisters, the other side is correct. The only ground for salvation of mankind because of our sin and sins is the death of the substitute. The death of God the Son as man. He must die because someone has to pay for our sins. But it shows us that because of their self-will here, the princes of this world, because of our sin nature, We are by nature men love darkness rather than light. John 3.19 Men, according to Psalm 14, men says, I do not want God. The fool had said in his heart, No, God, I don't want you, God. And so the, the lesson that we learn is because of the evil that exists in our human heart is that had we known that a way to be right with God would be by sending the Messiah and dying for our sins, men would not even want Him to die, lest they will be brought back to God. Now it sounds so strong, and yet, brothers and sisters and dear friends, the truth is this, that because we fell into sin, we are sinners, and a sinner doesn't want God. A sinner doesn't want God. A sinner wants to be away from God. This is the nature that we have. 
And when you read this verse, we learn that lesson where Paul said, which none of the princes of this world knew. In other words, they didn't know that mystery that the Messiah will have to die to be buried and rise again and to bring people, Jews and Gentiles, into one body to have this assembly, the church, the ecclesia, the heavenly company. If they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Why? Because they would not even want that. That's why it is important to understand the purpose of the gospel. That we are undeserving people that everything is entirely given to us by the plan and the purposes of God. The book of Ephesians tells us, And you has he quickened, Ephesians 2.1, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now is working in the children of disobedience. He reminding them, Remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hand, that in time past ye were without Christ, being alien from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope, and without God in this world. But now, in the Mashiach Yeshua, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometime were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ, by the blood of the Mashiach. What a lesson! What a lesson we learned. Paul is charging the Corinthians to remember verses 1 to 5 that the central Message of the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of the Messiah. And now from verses 6 to 9, that the, the gospel, the central origin of the gospel is by God the Father in His eternal plan. And that in reality, even the princes of this world, if they knew the plan of God, they would not want to kill the Lord of glory because they would not want to have a relationship with Him because of their sin nature. And you and I are included in this, because men by nature do not want God. And it's already started right at the fall, when Adam said to God, in reality, God, you've given me everything to the north and to the south. You have given me everything to the east and to the west in the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Delight. But you didn't give me the fruit of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and I want it, and I will take it, even though I will disobey you. And Adam disobeyed God and plunged the whole human race into sin, and that's where we are. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's why Paul says, I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. That's why Peter could say, to the Lord in the gospel, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. That's why Yeshayahu, Isaiah, the prophet of Israel, could say, Woe is me, for I am a, a sinful, I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people with unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the Lord. That's why the, 
king of Israel, Shlomo said, Solomon said, there is not one man, one just man upon the earth that doeth right, that doeth good. All of us have sinned. The only sinless one is the person of Yeshua the Messiah who was born to the Virgin Miriam. Sin apart. In order to provide the grace of God to sinful men, not blind people like us all by nature. And so Shaul Paul says, as he continues in verses 9 now, in verse 9 of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul presenting, he says, God's wisdom is applies to the believers today. He says in verse 9, but as it is written, he is now quoting the prophet of Israel, Yeshaya, who Isaiah. And he's saying, but it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for them that love him. To remind you, beloved brothers and sisters, that the apostle Shaul Paul had the Hebrew scriptures in his hand, in his mind, in his knowledge. And he knew the scripture that promised to Israel as well concerning the future day. He says, for since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither has the eye seen. O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. In other words, Isaiah had promised to Israel when Israel went astray and disobeyed God and prepared for the judgment of God in the diaspora and the dispersion. There is a promise that Israel will ultimately be restored in the future day when they will say in Isaiah 64 verse 6, We are all as unclean things. And all our righteousnesses are as filthy rag. Notice, even the righteous things that we do are considered filthy rag before a holy God. And we all do fade as a leaf. And our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. No works of men, no best works of men, come from sinful nature. That's why God has prepared God had prepared what man can never perceive. By the ear or by the eyes, no one has seen. Beside God, what he prepared for them that wait for him, Paul said for them that love him. Verse 9, let me reread this again, beloved brothers and sisters, as Paul is emphasizing that the gospel is part of, of God the Father's eternal plan, where he says, But as it is written, quoting the prophet Isaiah, I have not seen and ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for them that love him. So this is the believers, you and I, the Corinthians and others, whom, whose hearts the Lord have quickened and brought to himself, beloved brothers and sisters. This is fascinating to learn this. And therefore, we learn here 
that the believers at Corinth needed to learn that every day in their lives that they are ought to seek to have harmony and unity and not divisions because everything that they received is entirely from God the Father. And it is based upon, entirely upon the work of God the Son as man, Yeshua, the Messiah who died on the shameful cross and paid for the sin of the Corinthians, for your sins and mine and the sins of the whole world. And so now, beloved brothers and sisters, after Paul emphasized the truth of the gospel that is centered in the person and the work of Jesus the Messiah, and that the gospel is based upon the plan of God, the eternal plan of God the Father, now the third person of the Godhead, God the Holy Spirit of God, is also involved in the whole eternal plan of God for the salvation of mankind. And therefore the revelation of this truth must be entirely by the person of the of God the Holy Spirit. And that's why in verses 10 to verse 16 of this 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Shaul Paul continue and he says that our salvation is involved the work of the Spirit of God in our hearts. And so notice that, notice these beloved brothers and sisters, if the Spirit of God will not convict us, God the Holy Spirit working in our hearts and conscience, we would never come to Him. And so you notice what we read in these verses, beloved brothers and sisters. So in verse 10, we read, But God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. You notice that? He continues and he says, verse 11, For what man knows the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. So what we do learn here in these verses 10 and 11, that our salvation is really involved the work of the Spirit of God. Verse 10, but God revealed, notice that, it is God who revealed to you and us, to, to the believers in Corinth, He revealed them, these truths, he revealed them unto us by His Spirit. Notice the word His Spirit, capital S, Spirit. This is the person of God, the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit searches all things, yet the deep things of God. In other words, God, the Holy Spirit, is one of the persons of the Godhead. And He knows all things, the deep things of God, and He is able to reveal this to anyone whom He wishes to reveal to. You opened the heart of the Corinthian, who heard the message of the gospel, and accepted Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, the Lord and Savior. He continued to say in verse 11, For what man knoweth the things of man, save the spirit, small s, the spirit of man which is in him? In other words, we know we can communicate with one another, because we are people, we are men, we have a ability to understand one another, to communicate with one another, to understand things that are here in this world from one another. But, verse 11, 
but even the things of God knoweth no man except but by the Spirit of God. So if we want to know spiritual things, we know them because the Spirit of God helps us to understand that. We do not know things on our own, beloved brothers and sisters. So you notice this? This is very important to understand, beloved brothers and sisters, that the person of the Holy Spirit of God is the person that revealed this to us. And notice now, in these next verses, after Paul emphasized the fact that the Holy Spirit of God revealed these truths to us, that the revelation concerning the things of God came by the Spirit of God, then notice what the Apostle is saying here in verse 12. The Holy Spirit of God dwells in every believer. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. In other words, the Spirit of God now, we receive from the Holy Spirit of God the things which God has in mind for us. Not the things of the world, not man's opinion, not the spirit of this world, the mindset of the world, but we receive the mindset of God from the person of the Holy Spirit of God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit of God worked in our heart. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 6 verses 19 and 20, we learn that the Holy Spirit of God came and to dwell in our own body. Remember 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19, we read, What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit which is in you? which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Notice that? In chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, the Lord, through the Apostle Paul, is continued to remind the Corinthians that the Holy Spirit of God placed them into the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen, For by the one Spirit we are all baptized or placed into one body. Whether we are Jews or Gentiles, whether we are slaves or, or free, we all have been made to drink into one body. 1 Corinthians 12 and th- verse 13. This is important to understand, beloved brothers and sisters. It is the same Holy Spirit of God who has sealed us. According to Ephesians 1 and verse 13, we read, In whom ye are also trusted, after that ye have heard the word truth of the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believe." You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You see, beloved brothers and sisters, how important it is to understand all this. So, the person of the Holy Spirit is the one that enters into us and he is dwelling in the believer. Also, beloved brothers and sisters, we did learn that the Holy Spirit of God placed us into that one body. We have also learned that the Holy Spirit of God has sealed the believers at Corinth and every true believer. We also learn that the Holy Spirit of God, He is the Spirit of adoption. He have, we have been adapted. And notice we read in Romans 
chapter 8 and verse 15, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, our Abba, Abba, Father. And so this is very important to understand. In fact, beloved brothers and sisters, we do learn from Romans 8 and verse 9, he says, Ye are not in the flesh, but ye are in the Spirit. So be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if any man has not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. But the Corinthians were believers. They have acknowledged the Lord. They became part of the assembly. And therefore, in verse 12, Paul says to the Corinthians, We have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God, of God. And he continued now in verse 13 to tell the Corinthians that the Holy Spirit teaches them, teaches us all the truths that we need to know. Which things also we speak, not which men's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual. In other words, we receive the Holy Spirit of God and He is the one that teaches the believers. He is the one that teaches the Corinthians. But the sad thing that the Corinthians were so influenced by philosophy and brought into the assembly their human opinion. And that's why there were so many divisions in the, in the assembly at Corinth. And the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to correct them, beloved brothers, and sisters, how sad the condition was there that Apostle Shaul Paul needed to write this corrective ministry for these believers at Corinth. And as he concluding this second chapter, in verses 14, 15, and 16 of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul continues to show the Corinthians that the Holy Spirit of God is the one that will cause them to mature and to develop and to grow spiritually. They are not supposed to begin in the Spirit and continue in the flesh, like the Galatians did. They are called to be born of the Spirit, but to continue to be matured as the Spirit of God teaches them all truth. This is applied to us all, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends, and we must confess that we fail in this so much. And we need the Lord to help us. And so notice that in these verses, the last verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, the unconverted, the unregenerated person do not receive the things which are coming from God. This verse is amazing. The natural man, this is the unregenerated man. That's what we are by nature. That's what every person is here by nature. He's called here the natural man. The natural man. It is interesting. This verse 14. Ha'adam ha'tiv'i. Ha'adam ha'tiv'i. The natural man. He is not. Notice that. He received not the things of the Spirit of God. Why? Because he's unregenerated, he's an unbeliever, he's not born again. For there are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned, Paul is saying in verse 14. The unregenerated person, 
That's where you and I were before we became believers. We cannot understand those things. It is impossible because the natural man receiveth not the thing of the Spirit of God because they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he. You can't know the things of God if you are not born of the Spirit of God. If you are not born by the Spirit of God. If you are not sealed by the Spirit of God. If you don't have the indwelling of the person of the Spirit of God. If you are not born from above, born again. It's not possible. Spiritual things are known only by those that have the Spirit of God in them. That they are born again. As Yeshua said to Nicodemus, Except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Because they are spiritually discerned. He continues, Shaul Paul, to tell them that the believer who walk with God know how to examine things. Now he says, but he that is spiritual. Now here, the Apostle Paul mean a, to speak about a saved man, a believer, a forgiven person. A spiritual man is a believer that have the Holy Spirit of God in him, but he must live for God and walk in the power of the Spirit of God if he is to understand things. And you see the problem with the Corinthians, that they were born of the Spirit of God, but they were walking according to the flesh and not according to the Holy Spirit of God. This is the problem that we all have many times in our life. That's why we can be born from above, we can be saved and forgiven and going to heaven, and yet we, if we are not careful, if we are walking in the flesh, if we allow our sin nature to take his, its way, we will never be able to mature and to grow because the flesh lusts us against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And that's why we must, we are called walk in the Spirit, Galatians 5.16, and he shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And so notice that. But he that is spiritual, he judge all things. Yet he himself judge of no man. Why? Because the word for judge means evaluate all things. He knows things, he can examine things and make a decision to walk with the Lord. And that was the problem of the Corinthians. They were born again, born of the Spirit of God, as we have already read in chapter 1. They are called saints. Notice 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2. Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Yeshua the Messiah, Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. In other words, they were believers. They, as a born again, as, as being the Holy Spirit of God indwelling them, they should have lived for the Lord. So Paul is telling them, you see, a born again person, a saved man, a spiritual man, he that is spiritual, he knows how to judge, to evaluate all things, and no one needs to judge him from without because he knows, he can discern, he, he knows the mind of God because he's born of the Spirit. And he has the the word of God in his or her hand. But then notice in verse 16, as we conclude, beloved brothers and sisters, Paul saying, For who has known the mind of the Lord? Verse 16. 
Who has known the man of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We, believers, I, Paul, you, Corinthians, and every one of us who is who are truly born from above, we have the mind of the Messiah. How do we have the mind of the Messiah? Because we have the Word of God in our hands. We have the Holy Spirit of God indwelling us. We have the finished work of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah glorified, living and uh, sitting at God's right hand. We have the mind of the Lord. And that's why in the book of Philippians, the apostle Shaul Paul said to, to the Philippians in verse 5 of chapter 2, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, in the Messiah Yeshua, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Yeshua, in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ, that Yeshua HaMashiach, is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, this whole second chapter of First Corinthians, the Apostle Paul is writing this portion of Scripture to a divided local assembly of the Corinthians who were acting in the flesh, who had division among themselves, reminding them of the three foundations of the gospel message. It is centers in the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. It is the eternal plan of God the Father in eternity past. And it is revealed to us all on the basis of the revelation of God the Holy Spirit who opened our eyes and revealed this unto us. And therefore, we are called to have in our life a change because we have the mind of the Messiah. May the Lord help us. May the Lord bless His Word. And as we continue with the study of 1 Corinthians, we will learn many lessons concerning the desire of the Apostle Shaul Paul uh, that people of God will be united and blessed and live for the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. Well, until the next time, God bless you, dear brothers and sisters and dear friends. And we say to you all, Shalom, Shalom. You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitan. 
Gideon teaches God's word from a Hebrew messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom. Thank you.